Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Welcome back to Fashion Lab and we have Liz who is in Brazil. How are you doing? How's Thank Brazil? Uh, I'm fine. Thank you. I think it's great. Uh, when we're talking 40 degrees, the other day I felt like I was going to die in the heat. You know when you hear people in the Sahara and they died because it was so hot? Yes. <laughs> sort, of, sort of how I feel generally, but I think it's a great opportunity to be in a different space and sort of just catch up with what's happening in, in different um, sort of parts of the of the industry. So thank you so much for holding it down, Bali. For those of you who are tuned in, this is Bali holding it down seriously. I mean, like, I'm very proud of her. Um, Bali is definitely a new addition to the house uh, for those of you who don't know um she comes uh and brings this fashion alert uh, alive and i think that that's very important so we sort of get to also get a dose of um fashion news uh, around the world we are also joined by our contributor edgy benson obviously welcome to the show edgy again it's always nice to get a welcome from me even though i also want to sort of feel welcome and please someone ask me what i'm wearing <laughs> Do <make> my <laughs> yes what are you wearing <laughs> well i don't know if you really want to know because i'm in a i'm in a inside i'm in a brazilian two-piece okay I took the risk, yes. I mean, you do go to Rome, you do like the Romans, right? Yeah. Uh, anybody who's getting excited or getting any extra exciting ideas, please stop them. Vamos. <laughs> stop those ideas from flowing. <laughs> but I do have a sarong, okay? Or whatever you'd want to call it, a captain. So I am looking distant and I'm not going to share a picture. But like I said, it's hot and it's nice. And um, I think for me, it's a, be it's a great time to um, have this conversation around... Um, uh, the fashion economy here when it comes to brazil what they're doing and how we can also understand it and how we can also connect with it we've got a, a segment called uh, our wine style guide and that's where we touch base with everything stylish about wine and style which go hand in hand and lastly we also have uh, my favorite segment at the end of the show called who would you want to dress and why so keep your tweets coming guys you heard it all it's on we are on fashion lab af on twitter and we are on fashion lab africa on instagram and facebook and we definitely want to hear from you um one of the things i want to do is just sort of touch base when it comes to this um current this economy here so you think about brazil um which is the largest country in uh, both south america and latin america at 8.5 million square kilometers with an over sort of over 200 and they say 208 it is 211 million people can you believe in one country guys you thought nigeria was hectic edgy say something <laughs> no i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> where are all these people gonna go like anyway i don't want to go there but we'll talk about it but i just want to also just unpack uh this is a big population and i know that also one of the things that's a big deal here is that it is overpopulated it's true we're gonna touch on that a bit but i think for me the biggest thing is to also understand the fashion element of it and the fashion economy of it now according to countryeconomy.com brazil's gdp figure in the second quarter of 2019 was about 360 486 million this is living brazil placed eighth in the ranking of the quarterly gdp of 50 countries I think this is a very progressive country. I think it's actually a superpower country in a very quiet way or in a very hidden way. I don't know. Um, the revenue in the fashion segment amounts to 5.246 million in 2019. Guys, the revenue is expected to show the annual growth rate. Um, I think for me already, that just shows you where this is um, when it comes to the fashion conversation. 
there's also a lot of politics in here this is a country where most of the population is black and it's actually for me one of the things that's troubling is to think that fashion which is one of the most important vehicles when you think about it from a cultural or social expression perspective excludes such large numbers of creators and consumers so you've got this whole afro-brazilian artist and fashion designer um carol barreto who also teaches gender studies at the federal university of Bahia, and she says in an email i mean this is just one of those things that is troubling to see so that afro-brazilian uh, empowerment movement has always existed apparently but it's also been a bit invisible so with the help of uh, being and playing in the digital world, this Afro-Brazilian movement has definitely gained momentum. We are going to touch on a couple of stories, guys, uh, around Brazil. But for now, what I would want to do is to introduce our special guest. Um, he is uh, the director of Africa 900. And what he does is he's a great connector between Brazil, Africa, and um, he really believes in uh, empowerment and he really believes in that through um, business and through sort of elevating the economy uh, through business ventures. The reason I'm here, obviously, because I represent Africa. So don't be asking any more questions. I will tell you. And when we are happy and when we are smiling to the bank, we'll talk about it more. But I just want to take this opportunity to introduce a conversation that I had with um, Samuel uh, Azevedo, who's the director again and founder of um, Africa 900, amongst other hats he wears. And uh, let's plug into him. Now, I want to just do this as a quick public warning <laughs> for those who are tuned in. We've got uh, the biggest, for me, the biggest um, thing about Brazil, as much as it's a beautiful place, is the communication. It's a big thing. And when I got here, I could not believe it. I thought Portugal was bad. No, 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 guys. When you get here, Edgy will tell us as well based on his experience. But when you get here, honey, if you don't speak Portuguese, you're almost dead. <laughs> you're as good as dead. So what happened also for me or the connection I find really fascinating with uh, Samuel is he speaks French. So I get to speak when we have meetings. I sit down. He speaks Portuguese and French, so he becomes the translator. So he speaks to the Portuguese people, then they respond, then um, he tells me in French, and then I respond to him in French, and then he tells them back in Portuguese, and that's how it works. Um, so I think that um, when we think about travel, when we think about expanding uh, into other markets, language is obviously normally a barrier, but I, I refuse to be tied down by this barrier. So this conversation or this sort of mini interview or conversation we had with him, uh, we're going to roll over to that right now, but uh, be warned that yes, there is Portuguese in it, there's French in it, and then I will try to also unpack it as well as much as I can um, in English for those of you who are tuned in uh, and can only understand it in English and we can take it from there. Is that okay? <laughs> it sounds like we're in a jazz bar. Is that all right? <laughs> and the choir said, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. I am sitting here with um, Samuel Aldevedo. Je suis ici à Brazil. I don't speak Portuguese, so I can't even bring in the third part. But the reason that I'm actually here and I'm really doing well is because of the fact that Samuel speaks French, he speaks Portuguese, and he's been my connector since I got here. Samuel, merci pour être avec nous aujourd'hui uh, dans le Fashion Lab uh, Radio ici, Fashion Lab Africa. Uh, et la première chose, c'est juste pour te laisser... Euh, comme ça, j'ai déjà te présenté comme le, la connecteur, le connecteur. Mais toi, tu peux continuer, ok? So, guys, I'm gonna give him an, an, an uh, sort of like a, uh, a moment to introduce himself, so you guys can understand who he is. All right? Samuel, bienvenue. Ok. Bonjour à tous. Bon, euh, je suis vraiment content 
de pouvoir parler, parler avec vous. Et peut-être, euh, peut-être même de dire un peu, un peu de Brésil, parce que nous, on sommes des Brésiliens maintenant. Il y a Lise qui est venu justement pour voir comment se passe, comment se passe la vie ici au, au Brésil, surtout à Bahia. Mais moi, normalement, je travaille pour la connexion entre Brésil, Bahia et Africa. Nous sommes dans une ville qui est la quatrième ville au Brésil. C'est une ville que euh, il y a beaucoup, beaucoup de Noirs, d'ailleurs, de l'Afrique. Et on travaille en plusieurs sens. Ça veut dire que euh, nous, on, on connecte les gens à partir de, de la compréhension que les gens, ils ont besoin de se connecter entre eux. Ok So guys, I want to take it over so that you guys don't get confused. First of all, I hope that you guys have remembered the statistics. First of all, this is a country with a population of about 200 million plus um, uh, of a population. Uh, also, we want to also remember the fact that this is the fifth largest economy in the world. It's very progressive. But at the same time, it's overpopulated. But I don't want to focus on the bad things. I want to focus on the good things. I want to focus on the progress. And so I want to find out from Samuel today and we're just going to unpack a bit about it. For those of you who are listening in French, voilà, il est là. Il parle en français. Uh, Peut-être uh, for the Portuguese speakers, he might switch into Portuguese. Samuel, si, si tu veux parler en français un peu et tu veux faire le switch à portugais, c'est comme tu, tu veux. Mais on est, on est, on est ouvert ici. On est, on, on est dispo. On est ouvert. On est content. On veut juste uh, avoir une opportunité de comprendre ce qui se passe ici avec l'économie ici. Uh, à Brésil. So, dis-moi, parce que, parce que, c'est très important. Quelle est l'économie ici de la mode, c'est quoi? Ok. L'économie de, de la mode ici, on, on parle de la cinquième économie au monde. Ça veut dire qu'au Brésil, il consomme euh, une quantité énorme de, de, de mode. Et ça, ce sont des gens. C'est un travail que euh, la mode... Elle grandit à chaque année. Je vais parler un peu en portugais, simplement pour dire bonjour à vous. Au Brésil, est un pays qui, à mode, à cada ano, vient crescendo mais et mais. Significa dizer que nous avons une économie puissante, une économie forte. Et les personnes consomment non seulement la mode, mais aussi le monde des arts da uma cultura vibrante e eu considero que é um país que tem um futuro é, muito mais firme, muito mais forte em relação a essa questão nós estamos falando de um país com 210 milhões de habitantes estamos falando de um país com 120 milhões de negros é muitas pessoas fora da África, onde há a maior contingente do mundo inteiro e é um país que tem uma economia também muito diversa, né? Nós temos indústrias, nós temos é, 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 matéria-prima de, de vários componentes. Eu considero que é um país que vale a pena visitar, vale a pena interagir, vale a pena trocar informações, um trabalho de cooperação, cooperação técnica, cultural, social e econômica. 
Ok, Samuel, merci pour tout. Euh, ça, c'était bien. Et euh, je vous souhaite une bonne chance avec tout ce que tu fais. Euh, comment on peut se connecter avec toi Comment on peut se connecter Ok. Eu agradeço a vocês, agradeço a todos que estão ouvindo, agradeço a você, Liz Ogumbo. Bom, mon, euh, a forma de me conexão, peut-être mesmo por, por ma, ma site web, uhum. que é, é iabep.du.com.br. Ok? E. Ouais, c'est ça? Facebook, Insta ah, oui. okay. Facebook. Ou Insta ou Twitter aussi, si tu veux. Oui, Samuel Zevedo ou alors Instagram, Africa 900 Africa. Ok, Africa 900 Africa. Ok, bien. Donc, merci Samuel, bonne chance. Et uh, for everyone who's trying to connect with Samuel, uh, we will share the, the connect here. It's um, uh, Africa 900. Oui, Africa 900. Oui. Okay. So it's Africa 900, guys. Dot Africa. Dot Africa. Okay. Africa 900. Dot Africa. Uh, if you know what's good for you, connect with Samuel. If you want to do things, you want to do grand things here in Brazil, this is your connector. It's peace and love. And uh, yes, let's roll over to the next things. For those of you who've been able to catch the contact part of it, you can catch his contacts and actually connect with him. Uh, he's busy, basically just unpacking um, uh, the fact around uh, the, the facts around Brazil uh, that we may not know of, uh, some of which we've already opened up on uh, the population, uh, the fashion economy at Grand, uh, sort of where Brazil is directed to right now. But what I want to do before we roll over back to him, because there's a very important conversation that I think we need to plug in um, to be able to sort of put the dots together, is I want to just touch quickly on um, the Vogue Brazil's fashion uh, director who resigned after throwing that party that evoked slavery thing. I don't know for those of you who don't know about it or if you do. Is are you aware of that? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so it's um yeah it's a very sensitive thing and so I th I think for me it's a very sensitive issue but you know sometimes like I'm here and there's something I was doing the other day and I saw the girl the women I've forgotten the name of this women with their big dresses and um it's a Bayan religion but it's a Bayan culture I don't even know how to explain it but for somebody who doesn't understand it you might do something or overstep without knowing that you're actually, actually overstepping. But for people who understand the culture here, I think that you just have to be more, we just have to be conscious, come on. So Donata Merel, that's the fashion director of the Brazilian Vogue, she stepped down from her position. Uh, this whole thing was about the black women who were used as objects to create an exotic scene. Um, I don't know, Edgy, if you know a bit about this story, but do you think that we are living in such a sensitive world where things are oversensitized sometimes and maybe it wasn't that bad? I'm just asking and please no one, don't slap me, nobody throw stones at me. I'm just trying to understand. There's so many things we do, but is, does it actually mean that our intentions are malintended? I mean, some of these things that we're doing, is it malintention or is it just ignorance or is it just I didn't know it meant that? What do you think about the no, situation? I think, I think a lot of it is just leadership. I don't think humanity as it, itself in itself sees so much divisions, but I think political leaders have uh, succeeded in dividing us among so many lines. Even in the United States now, everything is racial. Everything is racial or some kind of, it's always a divide they've created. Does this me against 
us against these people. So I think this mentality that is creeping through everything. In, I don't think like as, as a human being, even for me individually, I don't see that I feel all these biases, you know. But collectively, when people, governments enforce this and, and, and prioritize it and put it in front of everybody, then you become sensitized to it, you know. I think the the Brazilian thing, that in itself was, of course, it's a, it's a, it's a bad, it's a, it's a mistake for her because I think even from a PR, from a PR point, even if she was not thinking from a PR point, it was just horrible, you know? Mm-hmm. And and because of the, 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 the current atmosphere, like when you go to, to watch football games, black players, they throw among, uh, bananas at them. So everything has become so... Yeah, so racial. So racial. And then the people who are pushing the racism have really succeeded at it, while the rest of us are just laying still thinking, no, this is not happening. But they actually pushing maybe like 10 percent of the world is pushing this but because everyone else is quiet it makes a lot of noise you know and it's affecting everybody so i don't i don't know i i just feel like that was a mistake and yes there are a lot of racial biases it's it's so hard to not not acknowledge them you know and for brazil we know that like i have friends in brazil who are black and their story is very different and i have friends in brazil who are white and their story is different so but it relates to i'm living in the united states where the white story and the black story are totally different you know so, and it's such a big thing huh this whole yeah. black uh, afro black thing is such a big thing and I'm, I'm surprised because i think when we look at it from outside we never really we never really see I have never seen this until mm. I've never seen it like this and I didn't know about it until I got here and you listen to the conversations and you listen to, you know, and you just realize there's a divide. So, um, actually you've got a couple of factories here, don't you? Yeah, I do lingerie in, in Sao Paulo and I do shoes in, and bags in Porto Alegre. Um, so I do have some working relationships in Brazil and um you know on the business end it's fine you know they're super effective um work is great i think the lingerie company which is provence lingerie they are just incredible i mean they, they make some of the best lingerie in the world so for my experience with them has been just amazing for the shoes um we started off um um from a point where we were just looking for a factory and we in the beginning they helped us to create the ships that we wanted they really helped us from that point but from a quality point um we love the leather but we felt like they still the, the the structure of the souls like the integrity of the souls were not as strong as we wanted so we did a few flat the flat ones in brazil and then we did the heels in portugal but in Brazil, we were able to create the bodies that we wanted, the shapes that we needed to achieve the shapes we had in mind. So, yeah. I'm curious about work- I am curious about the workmanship. Sorry to cut you there. Mm. Uh, how, how strong is the workmanship and the skill and you know behind that? Because obviously, when you're saying there's something you had to go do in Portugal, is it because it's better, or is it because there's more variety in Port- Portugal, or is it because of the quality of the workmanship? No, the quality of the workmanship was very, very good. But I just felt like the culture. Of the and it's about the factory that we work with because like with Provence 
we work with them, but their culture is different. They're working for like some of the big brands in Europe, you know, so there's a culture there that shapes that product. The factory that we did the shoes with, they're, they're, they are not at the high end of it. So the culture reflects that. Their work culture is different. So what, what they might say is fantastic quality to me may not be what I wanted, like as, mm. as a quality standpoint. But, but I had to give it, I had to accept what they were good at, which was the leather was fantastic. The shape was amazing. But I also knew that quickly that the culture, what I wanted wasn't culturally what they did. You know, but there are a lot of amazing factories in Brazil that would have met the culture that I wanted. But at that point, we, because Brazil and Portugal, they speak the same language, you know, so there's a lot of relationship between the factories. So we're able to migrate the job to, to a Portuguese factory without losing anything in translation, you know? Yeah. Hmm. But just that, just that part, but we still did the bags in Brazil, just the, the particular kind of shoe needed to move. Yeah, and I'm curious, and I think for those who are also looking at maybe uh, moving into this uh, side of the world as a hub for production, uh, would you say that price points wise, is it more? Is it is, when you compare it to? Obviously, you have China. You also play in other in other spaces. You've got Egypt still as well. Yeah. What is it about about the Brazil production sort of um, industry? cheaper is it is it more affordable is it quality versus affordability is it the sustainability angle of it i'm curious about that could you unpack that a bit for us so we understand no that, you know and we... for me for my experience because of course my experience is just my experience of course there are millions yeah. of experiences but for me the quality was commensurate to the price we were paying in a sense you know and that quality was in terms of china uh in terms of india in terms of africa in terms of portugal it was at that it was within range it wasn't far so let's say something was six dollars in i'm just saying hypothetically it said something was six dollars in brazil and again you have to deal with minimums and stuff right so if something was six dollars or certain minimums in brazil that same thing was about maybe four or five in china you know and they were just within range though it wasn't like there was something that I was like three dollars, you know. They were going to be around that four fifty to six, so the range was was tolerable, you know. Um, so, and then Portugal, of course, was a bit higher, um, and again, it was just because of the culture of the of the of the factory, you know. Yeah, but their quality okay. is fantastic. Brazil. It's very, it's very interesting, Edgy. Thank you for those insights, and I think we're gonna keep talking. But I want us to roll up over back to um, Samuel Azevedo, who we are talking to. He's the founder and director of Africa Nine Hundred. And um, Bali, before we roll over to Samuel, do you want to add on anything on here? On the conversation. No. All right. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you very much. Um, uh, let's roll up again to Samuel Azevedo. So we're talking about Brazil. We're talking about fashion. Um, Samuel Aldevedo. 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 Aldevedo, c'est ça. 
Altevedo uh, is sort of setting at setting us up. He's also sort of giving us some information uh, for Portuguese speakers. I'm sure that you're getting a bit of a dose on this because obviously you know what I don't speak in Portuguese. For French speakers, you're getting a little bit of a dose. But the truth of the matter is, we're going to go back to English for a minute. Now, one of the things that I find that's really interesting is the exposure when it comes to the Brazilian fashion. And I don't know if that's real, but this is where I want um, Samuel to sort of. Um, unpack a bit about uh, the way that the Brazilians dress. Ok. Bon, moi je vais répondre en disant déjà que là on parle d'un pays que c'est un continent. Au Brésil, il est partagé par plusieurs régions. Donc, à Bahia, avec le chaleur et même la culture, on n'utilise pas beaucoup de vêtements, c'est vrai. <rire> mais, okay. mais à, à São Paulo, à Rio, au Porto Alegre, ça ce sont deux places qui sont un peu froides. Normalement, les femmes, les hommes, ils utilisent un peu plus de vêtements. Ça veut dire qu'ils sont pas un peu plus complets. Mais, de toute façon, moi j'insiste en dit que au Brésil, par rapport à la mode, c'est le cinquième pays au monde. Ça veut dire que l'industrie de la mode, ça bouge, ça bouge beaucoup. Mmh. C'est un marché, un grand marché. Euh, Mais aussi, écoute, j'ai, euh, quand j'étais, euh, quand j'ai fait la recherche de ça, aussi, euh, il me semble que la style ici, l'influence, les influences, c'est ça dont je, je vous parlais. Mais les influences, on, on a dit que l'individualité ici, c'est très important. C'est-à-dire que euh, quand on regarde les trends, par exemple, partout, dans le mode de, euh, dans le mode de la mode, Normalement, on regarde. C'est quoi qui se passe sur le runway à Paris Qui se passe sur le runway à New York Et puis, on continue à suivre ça. Ici, moi, je trouve que l'individualité, c'est la première chose. Comment ça se passe avec tout ouais. Et puis, c'est comme si le trend ne marche pas. Est-ce que le trend marche ici ou non Le trend global. Oui, tu as, tu as vraiment une bonne constatation. Le trend, il marche ici. Mais c'est vrai que euh, les gens, les, les, la population dans une façon générale, elle utilise plutôt l'individualité pour s'habiller. La mode, en fait, elle, il y a une partie qu'ils n'ont pas un... un, ils ont pas un on, comme je peux te dire, ils n'ont pas même une forme exacte de, de, de s'habiller. Donc, on utilise par rapport, il a un vague, quand il a un vague, on le suive le vague. Mais normalement, les gens utilisent plutôt la créativité pour s'habiller de la forme qu'on veut. Et l'individualité aussi. L'individualité, oui, l'individualité ici, c'est central. Ça veut dire que les gens, ils sont capables d'être bien à l'aise avec comme ils veulent. Mais on ne peut pas oublier que la mode, il a toujours la mode. La mode, elle bouge toujours. Elle, elle influence les gens. Elle donne la vraiment une valeur. Il y a beaucoup de gens qui suivent le, la mode. Ok, attends. So guys, what I want to do is just sort of break it down. Now we are talking about fashion in Brazil. One of the things I'm talking about is how the Brazilian people would actually embrace individuality and sort of embrace how they actually they focus more on how they look so if as if the clothes made a man then brazilian fashion has a lot to say about the country and its people sort of it sort of conveys the mindsets of the people and paints a picture of what brazil really wants to project to the world <laughs> uh 
there I am um, plugging it in. I hope for those of you who are tuned in, uh, this is Fashion Lab and we are talking uh, fashion in Brazil currently. We're just touching on different points around it. And because of the fact that there's languages involved in this conversation today that some of you um, maybe are not used to, uh, we're going to just keep breaking it as we go. Um, I want to just uh, quickly just touch on sort of a recap of what we've just spoken about. I think the biggest thing is the individuality of fashion here and how, you know, when you look at other cities in the world, um, people uh, gravitate or you find fashion lovers gravitating more towards trends. They want to see what just dropped from the runway and they're sort of influenced by that more than what they actually feel. They I don't even know if people feel fashion anymore, can allow themselves to wake up and say, I'm feeling like this is what I want to wear today versus this is the trend and that's what we're sticking to and that's the truth. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I wanted to find out was obviously around that, uh, uh, the individuality and the sort of um, that whole, I think it's a, it's very powerful. It's owning your fashion is what it is, you know, and taking ownership of it. And I think, and the pride of it. And, and I think it also means you really stand firm because um, fashion is so flaky as well. Another thing is the exposure. I mean, I walk around here and sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I want to close my eyes, open my eyes or just look. It's a lot of um, goodie bags and goodies <laughs> hanging around. So um, the, the, there's a lot of exposure. And I'm not saying that. I know that with the, a lot of uh, cities around the beach and stuff, mm -hmm. people dress a certain way. Um, but I find that they are very exposed. I, like I said, this Brazilian bikini thing, it almost doesn't make sense. I'm like, why do you, why should you even wear anything? It feels like, but anyway, that is something, uh, we also touched on a bit with Samuel, but obviously it's the culture here and that's what it is. And th that's it. You either like it or you don't, but that's what they do here and they love it and they appreciate it. They love their bodies. They're very serious about it as well. Uh, this is also from an, from an, um, from an industrialization perspective, considering the fact that this is the fifth largest economy in the world, he also, also touches on the power of Brazil from that angle. Edgy, um, I don't want to talk uh, anymore right now. I think I'd love to sort of get your feedback. Uh, maybe we can touch on maybe the individuality and stuff. What are your thoughts around that? I mean, it's very bold and very um, rare to find people just saying this is how we like it and we don't care about your trends um even though the people look good and they you know in the workplace also you find that you know the women in corporate still step up and they still look good but there's something that is so refreshing about just seeing people just move on their own fashion tip and loving it i think that's the beauty of fashion because it's so connected to cultures you know so everybody I think in Brazil they just have this really easygoing culture, and it reflects in their in their in their fashion. There's a lot of color. Um, even for us, like doing doing lingerie and swim in Brazil, we're learning a lot. You know, we're learning. <laughs> like I'm learning color. You know, because for mm -hmm. me, I'm not that color. I'm I'm black and white and gray. You know, and mm -hmm. in, in the in the things that I create and the things that I buy, but when we're doing when we're doing this swim and everything is so much color and you get to love it you know there's so much so much power and diversity in in color you know so uh, i mean they every they just they have a thing that is unique to them and that's just the, the the brightness of of their of their of their of their faces and and their clothes you know and mm -hmm. the happiness around that and you know with all those bitches, I don't know. I mean, of course, it's going to rub off. 
I like that. I like that. Um, Bali, are you excited? Is it somewhere you, you'd probably move to? I know Ona would move here and fit in very well. Yes. <laughs> Ona and I are actually thinking about moving there. <laughs> nah. 2020 goals. I, think- I mean, I could definitely... <laughs> rock the the culture <laughs> and the attire and all of that i i can do brazil so last week liz introduced a very new topic and a new segment rather that i'll be doing and it's called fashion alert so let's get right into fashion alert so t- this week i'm taking you to sweden i'm taking you to brazil and then i'm taking you to south africa so our first story is actually from sweden like i said so h&m which is the second largest retailer in the world, has actually set out to be the first ones who are going to offer a retail option. So a rental option, rather. So what they'll be doing is they'll be allowing consumers to rent out garments. So they're going to try this out at their... um, Stockholm shop which is the one based in their flagship area which is in Sweden they're going to be um, letting people rent these outfits out and you'll basically be paying a fee for a week which is about 28 euros per week and then you have the option whether you want to return the garment or you want to keep it I think it's a good idea because I mean people have really been doing this for the longest time without the shops really knowing I mean haven't you ever heard a person saying that I bought something from the shop I kept the tag on and then I wore it and then I returned it so it's good that H&M is actually leveraging on this they're consumerizing this and they're going to make money out of it but they're also doing it for environmental reasons because they've realized that the fashion industry is also contributing to uh, the environment and they're just basically doing this to reduce the amount of um fashion factories that are making clothes so good on h&m for allowing this rental option to their consumers right so our second story is in brazil because this week we're actually taking a glance at the fashion industry in brazil so in brazil um vans and Timberland, who are both shoe brands and h&m they've all decided that they actually um are taking a halt on buying leather from brazil why are they doing this they're doing this because um they want to stop supporting cattle farming that may be contributing to the fires in the amazon uh in the amazon rainforest rather so thousands of fires are tearing through the amazon rainforest and they just want to curb this by not buying leather from brazil so that's exactly what they've taken the stance by h&m is that this is a temporary ban they're going to keep this ban on until they actually have assurance that um this is not actually contributing to the environmental harm in the amazon so this um these fires actually caused a lot of social media uproar they actually caused a crisis whereby leaders um there was protest investors were all saying that the government in brazil is actually not doing enough so that's why these retailers uh timberland vans and h&m have just decided to take their own stance so based on these stories we can see that the fashion industry is trying to make its mark they're trying to respect the environment and make sure that they're contributing in whichever way they can what do you think about that edgy Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Huge sigh. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're always like uh, talking about this topic mm-hmm. all the time. It, it just revolves around. I think I think constantly we self-correct, you know, yes. as fashion brands. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it, it's, I think as, as awareness grows, I, I don't know, it's brought way. Sometimes I think some cultures are becoming more, more at grips with themselves. And some cultures are 
becoming more free with themselves meaning if you love us copy us you know <laughs> and so so there's a lot of um it, it's so hard to pin it down it's so dynamic and i think that's the beauty of it all. i think we have to be open mm-hmm. and just culturally I, I think in a sense it it kind of it kind of um teaches us about cultures you know how called some cultures are and how how others are mm-hmm. i think the more the more open cultures are learning a, a lot and imbibing new things mm-hmm. more easily more quickly and the old the whole some cultures are a little less open and so brands are kind of really trying to navigate this this terrain which is not really flat and you can see where you're going it's just but it's good because it's teaching brands to be responsive and to be respectful and responsible yes definitely and would you would you actually take on this uh, option by h&m to rent out clothing or garments because they say that you'll be allowed to rent it out for a week you can decide whether you want to keep it or you want to return it are you open to this edgy again to be honest with you like Sometimes I feel like again. I think it's also a bit cultural in a sense. Mm-hmm. Some cultures again are open, and this is not a stigma, and others are not open. And it's, it's personally, I think it's some kind of fashion democracy in a sense, which means that yes, I'm poor, but I can rent out a Chanel, right? Mm. If I if 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 I really want to feel that cool that day, yes, you know. So yeah, you so I think. Mm. I just feel like okay everything that is going on is a result of the times that we live in you know mm. so we have to be open to this thing yes objectively of course but the trend is moving away from ownership of things generally people are living in people are co-housing people are co-renting cars there's just so many things that are being done together now Okay. Um, singularly, businesses together, partnerships across the world. So I think this is we are just reflecting that in in fashion consumption. All right. Yeah. No, I agree, Edgy. Obviously, we're moving with the times. H and M can see what the times demand, and they are providing it. And we're back to you, Liz, with your conversation with Samuel. Yeah. Let's roll over back to Samuel and finish the rest of that conversation. How about that? They know what they need to do, but they're not really going to be going with the trend just because it's a trend. Uh, so that's what I think is also very cool. And I think it's a very strong sense of style as well, individual from an individual perspective. One of the biggest factors also that determine fashion in Brazil is sort of like the media and the movie celebrities. Soap operas like novellas, which air for about six months, are produced by Brazilian TV networks. And then you find that these novellas often are a hit with TV viewers, especially those that belong to middle or sort of lower class. And then you look at the wardrobe that's worn by these actresses or actors, people are washing out for this, and it becomes such a big thing. Those who can afford the budget to actually buy these uh, originals um, sort of buy them. Then there's obviously also knockoffs, you know, more lower quality knockoffs, fake copies also sold in stores at a lesser price, but people are very serious about this. Uh, you think about it um, when it comes to Brazilian fashion ideas from film, uh, sort of media personalities, they keep an, an eye on, on what's going on on the runways in the bigger fashion um, sort of um, capitals, but at the same time, they sort of endorse a new f- type of fashion here. So stores here, clothes, designers, they work hard to be the center of press, you know? 
So I, at the end of the day, I think for me, this is very interesting that, you know, that people can actually draw their fashion out of this. I want to switch back to Samuel so that I can speak about this novella thing because I think this is very interesting. Donc, um, Samuel, moi je parle de l'importance uh, de films et télévision ici. Par exemple, les novellas. Et par exemple, moi, quand j'ai fait la recherche encore, uh, you can correct me sinon, mais qu'il y a les gens qui regardent la télé, on regarde les novellas, on est là, on est addi addicté, ok et on regarde ce qu'on porte, comment les célébrités s'habillent. Ouais. Et on peut dire que à la fin de le show, on dit ok, c'est ça que je vaux, je vaux l'acheter. C'est où que je peux, je peux l'acheter. Est-ce que ça c'est la réalité ou c'est juste le, une histoire ici Non, c'est la réalité. Ah ça, ouais. Ça c'est les gens ils, la, la nouvelle c'est oui la nouvelle c'est en fait c'est elle elle prend place de, de de lancer un, un, un mode, lancer une vague. Mmh. Donc, la, la culture brésilienne, la culture brésilienne, c'est une culture que la nouvelle, c'est les films, les télévisions, c'est plutôt une forme de s'amuser. Donc, les gens, ils utilisent les, la, la plateforme de télé pour lancer la mode. C'est aussi wow. un, une espèce de, de, une espèce de industrie de la mode, si tu veux. Ouais. C'est vraiment quelque chose que la majorité des Brésiliens, ils utilisent, ils sont capables de suivre. C'est comme ça. Guys, you know what? It's so real. I'm speaking to Samuel Aldevedo, ici, uh, à Brazil. Samuel is actually doing a very good job with me because, you know, I don't speak Portuguese and now he has to walk me around and be like, ah, voilà, this is Liz and he has to present me and we have to, he has to introduce me and it's a bit, a bit of a, it's a beautiful thing because there's also a synergy, uh, there's a great connection and I think, guys, like I said, globalization is here, the world's our oyster, we need to take it and run with it. Guys, can you believe that this is how serious this industry is? That these novellas, and I don't know if in comparison we could say novella is like, uh, what do you call the soap operas in in in, in South Africa? You call them soapies uh, or telenovelas. Yeah, well, those who don't. Yeah, we also have telenovelas. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so I think they're talking about the same, I think it's the same concept. And the fact that, It's such a big thing. I thought it was a joke. And that's why I said, is this a reality? Is it just a story or is it actually real? And you find that people actually order, people buy fashion based on their favorite celebrities on this novellas. <laughs> yes. And they are heat. And the wardrobe worn by the actors, so what they do is they actually keep a line open for callers who inquire about the wardrobe and where they're sold. Can you imagine what type of business this is? <laughs> I think this is very innovative, guys. Don't laugh. Let's hop on it. This is very... Yeah, But that's what we were line. talking about, open. remember? <laughs> Celebrities and fashion. We were talking about that. That's no, but I'm saying, actually, the, the seriousness of having a line open when the show is going, which is called mm -hmm. your fashion line order now, that's that's a whole nother level i mean like we get inspired when we watch stuff but when you're told there's a line open and people hit the line and there's traffic on the line i'm like my word that's this an entirely is something different it's, it's amazing i think it's amazing i think it's also innovative and i think that when we look and keep saying that you know the fashion industry is evolving in so many ways the consumers um way of consuming Uh, consumerism if you call it is also evolving and the fact that people want to experience people want experience 
people just want to walk into a shop and buy clothes because that's the only way they can actually consume the fashion so i think for me this is a very affordable it's very affordable like i feel like there's barely any expenses here besides a port line and people are calling and actually making orders and this is real business so your show i think this is to me this is one of my highlights here i can't i can't believe it still it sounds like a joke that i'm watching something called mama pipa and then mama pipa starts showing and then suddenly there's callers on the line also saying i want mama pipa's blue dress i mean that's just so cool i mean <laughs> and innovative mm. yes i think it's innovative um i think uh, guys if there's any other um you know for those who are tuned in uh, i don't know what you think about this if you're living in a country or a region where this happens please let me know because for me this was the first i've never heard i didn't hear of this part yet and i only heard it and i was like wow this is very very cool how they confuse the fashion and bring in that element of line when we had this conversation around fashion in film and television this could have been a very good reference because nobody i don't know who else is doing it i mean that that do it here to some extent in the us but they do it through, like, they do it through hsn and qvc where a line would have been done by a designer and he appears on tv with them and they're selling at that time you know it's some really? some some version of it, yeah and it's pretty cool and the lines are open and callers are going crazy yeah like when we did the work for uh, this movie dead on the orient express that's what they did they they sold it the the actor wasn't there but the head designer was there and they called and they, they bought everything while he was there yeah but it was merchandise for the movie yeah so it does, okay. does hmm. yeah i think this is very interesting for me uh for those of you who are tuned in share with us your thoughts uh so far on what you are uh acquiring when it comes to the knowledge based on this show today um what your thoughts are or anything else that you think you might want to add on i'm interested uh edging also just quickly taking a quick detour and just touching a bit on the sustainability when it comes to the brazilian fashion industry now we know uh, that brazil textile and fashion industries are the fourth largest in the world uh, with a sizable output of cotton they've got woven clothes finished garments all of that whole chain is, is is popping uh there's a new report that actually highlights the need uh, for more transparency when it comes to brazil's biggest fashion brands but many independent companies also contribute to sort of a thriving eco fashion uh, or eco-friendly uh sort of um economy on that so uh i want to know edgy from your end based on your factories that are here uh is sustainability something that you guys stay on top of um because um it's hard when it comes to uh sort of um regions that are very big on production for example like this one here uh things get hidden and like i said i agree when the report says there is a need for more transparency because it's not clear how everyone's actually operating what are sort of the guidelines uh, that you put through to be able to make sure that your uh conscience or your ethos are actually represented when it comes to uh the factories uh, that you're working with or that you own or that uh, you co-own or that are working with you uh especially in this market in Brazil I I don't really do that much because the industry has put a lot of things in place to help you know so right now like if like I was saying on 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 on, the, on some of the shows we've had where if I'm sh- shipping something for say Costco 
they are on nostrums. They are all these certifications I have to have, this kind of compliance that I have to have gone through. You know, all of them revolve around the eco-friendliness of dyes and, you know, a, a lot of things that are all focused on the, on, on, on the ecosystem and also on worker care. So there's a lot being there's a lot being done um, right now. So like if you are if you are if Lisa Gumbo is being carried by Nostrums right now, or any of the big stores in the U.S., you, they won't take your delivery unless your factory has passed certain certain certifications or has complied to certain things. You know, so there's a lot going on, and I'm sure for even for Brazil. Because they have to produce these items for companies in the U.S. and these companies have to comply, you know, to certain store um, uh, store requirements. They are doing. I'm, I'm sure deep down in Brazil, the same the same processes are going through. The same um, uh, the same certifications, the same um, uh, compliance protocols are going through everywhere. Yeah. You know. It's very cool. Um, a lot of people think why Brazil, and obviously because of the fact that Brazil's textile and fashion industries are huge. Apparently, the second largest in the world, according to that report. Uh, they are also the country's second biggest industrial sector. So definitely, there's got to be given uh, to pay attention to that. Um, it also stands out. This country also really stands out when it comes to high levels of activity at every stage of the textile chain. So it's not just one. Uh, thing we also know that mm-hmm. they are a key player also in the global cotton production. Uh, I think they also say it is true. Brazil is actually the world's third largest exporter when it comes to co- cotton. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So I think that there is a lot to to do with that. Domestic cotton consumption is also huge, uh, and Brazil is also the world's second largest producer of denim, and its thirdest third largest uh, consumer. Dan, Edu, when you were looking at factories and sourcing for factories uh, or trying to figure out where to produce um, my den- denim collection, Denimania, uh, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. collection, did you consider Brazil? Or what happened? Why, why did you not consider Brazil? Apparently, denim uh, production is really big here, and I'm sure they do it well. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But it wasn't, it wasn't because... It's, you know, you have factories already, you have histories with people and you, you, you try not to, because sometimes you don't have time to really experiment, you know? Sure. And yeah, so that's one of the reasons why we didn't, like right now, our denim just came from Turkey. It doesn't mean it's the best denim in the world, but they are just, they just have a culture of denim. So those culture things are a big part of these things that you, of where you go with these things, you know? Um, I know Brazil is very good, but it wasn't something that we considered. We considered Brazil for our shoes, for everything that has to do with leather. We knew that they were just really hard to beat, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But for the denims, we stayed. We stayed. Um, we stayed somewhere else with the denims. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's also a personal choice at the end of the day as well. Yeah, like right now, like if you're going to make lingerie, of course, and swimwear, you want to do it in Brazil, Costa Rica, Argentina, Colombia. Those countries all make incredible lingerie, you know? So, you know the culture is there for these kinds of items. So, you want to find the right companies there. And then for denim, of course, 
but as they get better at it, as they not get better, I mean, I'm sure they're really good at it. But as they grow in your consciousness, of course, you want to try them. Yeah, guys, it's it is a uh, sustainability is a big thing. It's only just a big topic when it comes to fashion. But because of the fact that we are the second most polluting industry in the world, we have to really pay attention to that. And I think when we talk about fashion and we look at different regions, that's one of the things we have to touch on. Brazil, what's very cool about and I'm proud of is this Brazil Eco Fashion Week. I don't know if you've heard of it, Edgy, and for those who are tuned in. But this is a showcase for sustainable fashion in the form of um, Brazil Eco Fashion Week. This fashion week was founded in 2017. Um, the Sao Paulo-based event is actually open to the public and they feature shows from about 50 eco-friendly um, fashion brands as well as talks, workshops on subjects around um, eco-feminism, -femini fem entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. ethnic diversity in fashion and change through transparency. And what I like about this place is the, is, there is a divide. I really, this is not a political show, guys. This is a fashion show. But politics also touch, when it comes to just the economy, when it comes to the fashion economy, everything touches social um, uh, aspects, uh, uh, the other aspects as well touch. The political aspects touches on everything as well. What I like is uh, we're going to touch base a bit on this Afro-Brazil um, movement because... The first thing I saw when they, someone said to me, oh, we should invite you to your Afro show. I said, why do you want to invite me to your Afro show? And he said, well, it's a, it's black. I said, who told you everything Afro? I'm so tired. I was like, guys, don't make me tired. I will fall down right now. And because my understanding of Afro was think, I was thinking that they meant, because it's got Afro in it, it means it's black. Mm. And they're like, honey, Afro-Brazilian is a real movement. Wake up and go on Google. And I was like, okay, and I did wake up. So I want to roll over back to Samuel uh, for us to sort of wrap up with Samuel uh, on sort of the way forward where he sees the future of fashion um, in Brazil and then we will um, come back and uh, sort of unpack what's left. Samuel, um, I think that it's really good. It's been great uh, talking to you and staff. C'est très, très important d'avoir, de comprendre ce qui se passe ici à Brazil. Uh, tu vois, c'est quoi que tu vois pour le futur de la mode ici uh, à Brazil? Bon, je vois que le futur de l'Omar de Brésil, c'est un futur vibrant. Ça veut dire que on est dans un pays que la population consomme la mode. Même que on voit pas ça de façon fréquente, mais au Brésil, il y a, comme je te dis, il y a plusieurs régions et il y a des régions qui consomment vraiment la mode. Donc, le futur de la mode, par rapport à l'industrie, je crois même que ça va grandir. Surtout parce que au Brésil passe par une situation que l'économie, elle commence à grandir. Donc, si l'économie, elle grandit, bon, les gens, ils sont capables de beaucoup consommer la mode. Et la mode, c'est quelque chose qu'on a besoin. Ouais. Même, c'est la mode quotidienne, la mode de, de jour à jour, ou la mode trop eh, top, chic, mais c'est la mode. Donc, je vois un bon futur pour l'industrie de la mode brésilienne. Guys, thank you so much. Samuel says that he actually sees a big future for this industry. Obviously, like we say, fashion is water. He's sort of translating this thing, sort of going in the same direction. Uh, the fact that the economy is actually really growing also is a great thing. And uh, I, he just thinks there's a great future for it. Mais la population, ça va, ça va poser des problèmes pour développer l'industrie de la mode euh, ou non Non, je ne pense pas. 
Je ne pense pas parce que ça, ça vient depuis longtemps. Donc, ça, ça vient, il y a un chemin déjà pour la mode brésilienne. Et bon, à, à partir de, de toutes les réseaux sociaux, la communication, elle peut permettre que les gens accompagnent tout ce qui se passe, même dans les autres places. Et je ne pense pas que la population ne va accompagner. Comme je dis, la mode, c'est quelque chose que on, les gens ont besoin. Peut-être qu'ils n'ont pas l'importance, la même importance comme en, en Europe ou, ou même aux États-Unis. Mais c'est toujours, toujours une industrie qui ça marche toujours bien. Mais moi, je pense normalement, quand je dis que, normalement, s'il y a les immigrants, par exemple, on peut que... On peut dire que les immigrants posent des problèmes. Mais moi, normalement, je regarde et je dis, par exemple, les Chinois, il y a les skills là. Quand tu regardes la mode, on a les skills. Les Indiens, on a les skills. Si moi, j'avais un pays qui s'appelle les Ogumbon, ok, et il y a les immigrants qui viennent de Chinois ou qui viennent de, qui viennent de Chine ou qui viennent d'Indie, moi, je peux être très content parce que pour moi, ça va développer mon économie de, de la mode. Parce qu'on comprend comment ça se, ça se passe euh, si tu, tu regardes ça à l'autre côté de euh, production, manufacturing production. Ouais, ouais, ouais. Si, c'est ça. So, pour moi, la question aussi, c'est quelle sorte d'immigrants Parce que l'immigrant qui vient, l'immigration, c'est quelque chose qui se passe partout. So oui. we can't talk, guys. What I'm trying to say is, immigration is a very big thing. And immigration happens in every freaking country. So we can't sit and say, oh, we are so pissed off because there's too many immigrants. Freaking immigrants happen every day. The only thing is how do you monetize and how do you profitize when you say immigration is becoming a big thing? Right now in Brazil, population is a big thing and we've spoken about it. And now I want to say that in a, in a nutshell, we have to sit down and think and réfléchir, comment on dit en français? Réfléchir and think. Who's coming and how can we profit out of it as an economy if i have indians if i have chinese if i have there's a certain type of person who comes in with a very big skill anyone from the middle east there is such a big skill when it comes to fashion so i think for me this is something for you guys to think about our lines are open hit us up uh we're also on fashion lab af on twitter we are on fashion lab africa on facebook and instagram and we definitely want to hear from you but i'm speaking to samuel right here in brazil in Bahia, and we're talking about brazil fashion if you have any questions please reach out to us we want to hear from you yeah we definitely want to hear guys Uh, do you agree with me, Edgy, or what are you, what's your two cents? The One of the reasons, they say that the reasons for the population um, in Brazil, there was obviously like about 10 reasons I came across. But one of them was this whole thing about uh, there's a very high amount of illegal immigrants already going in and out of this place. And I thought in my head, do we, as, as economies, first of all, Immigration is not news. It's going to happen. It was happening before. It will always happen. It even happened in the 18th century, even in the 16th, even before Christ and after Christ. So it's going to be happening. The only thing is maybe it's about time that um, we start changing our minds around um, immigration. Illegal immigration, obviously, is a problem. You know, I'm not saying, yes, let's just go in and settle in and because it's nice and the wind is blowing and the sea is blue and the sun is beautiful. Let's settle in. I'm just saying... Uh, how do we change or how do, do economies change? No, countries and regions change their mindsets around um, immigration. Because when you look at it, like I said, there's always a, a silver cloud. I mean, there's always a silver lining on every cloud. And I think that it's about starting to look and say, 
who's coming in and what can they do to help develop the industry? Don't you guys, what do you think you guys? What are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. For me, being an immigrant and all, I, I just feel like, you know, sometimes the immigration thing becomes, you know, how like people make them think they are victims all the time. I think <laughs> sometimes the government's in particular. You mean, make, you, know, you mean make us? Because, you know, I'm an immigrant too. I've, I've, most of my life I've lived as an immigrant. <laughs> so, they just, they just use immigrants as a, as a stick to, you know, yes. as yes. a stigma and everything. The whole yes. world is the whole world is one big immigration zone. Yes, everybody yeah. is migrating everywhere. You know, in America, I think in a few years, the population of purely white people is, is just gone. You know, we all mixed up. You know, so mm -hmm. I think I think there's we can't do anything about that. We have to we have to find a way to make it work. No matter, I think we're past the stage where countries can just shut their borders because for mm -hmm. one. We're overpopulated. We can't feed. We can't really feed everybody without, without <laughs> other people helping us work what we need to do. Um, in America, if the immigrants are not here like the Mexicans, are, you can't even har harvest oranges. You know, so there's mm. so many. We we need each other. You know, uh, you know. So I, we need to change our attitude around exactly, how we relate exactly. or how we engage. Yes. That's you're very right, Edgy, when you say this is a thing that now they, people need to stop tightening up the borders and relax and breathe and say, what's the next step? Who's coming? How can because they advance? We can't it? stop this, you know? It's not going to stop. It's wow. we've become so small now. Everybody's so mixed up, you know? Yes. So, uh, to be honest with you, Liz, I feel like our governments, we are moving faster than our governments. I don't think that our governments understand um, <laughs> what the changes are. In fashion, right? In fashion. The, all the people regulating fashion for the for the environment are the fashion people themselves, right? The fashion industry. The government doesn't even know what to do. They don't. They don't they're not even involved in, in, <laughs> in controlling anything. You know, <laughs> guys, when you look at China with like a billion point something, I said a billion point three, you've got India also at a billion point three of a population. Yeah. You've got the US at least has a higher population, but they're managing it. Places like Brazil, where do people want people to go? Seriously, it's just people. There's nothing wrong. But anyway, guys, uh, this is the Fashion Lab show where we dissect the business behind fashion in Africa and beyond. And we've been talking and touching base on uh, Brazil. And I thought that it would be great to do that because um, because we can. Somebody asked why. I said, because we can. We'll just talk about <laughs> Brazil today. So we're going to share some insights and stuff as we go through across the week. If you're catching this show right now, you know that you have not missed a thing because it will be back up on the podcast, um, hopefully by tomorrow. But um, for those who are still tuned in, um, I hope that you're getting something out of this. I hope that we have been able to maybe open up your minds if you're thinking of maybe playing in this space or understanding this fashion market for your own, uh, you know, for your own value, for your own growth, for your own um, just insights and information. This is where we do that. Uh, we call it our social responsibility. Uh, Edge, it's really been great um, touching base with you. Um, Bali, it was nice to have your news, which I did not have to unpack. I didn't get a chance to unpack today. Um, but you know, one of the things, yes, one of the things based on our research here was also this, um, besides the Vogue, there was a, 
the whole movement um, around the LGBT resistance, uh, because apparently Brazil's fashion industry is definitely a center for that. I don't think it's just Brazil's. I don't know why people act like forgotten that fashion is actually LGBT, but you know, there you go. So there's a lot of um, different issues and different conversations happening. Um, did you guys know that more transgender people are actually killed in Brazil than anywhere else in the world? Mm. It sounds like a joke. More right? than uh, Africa? More than any... But, but you thought Uganda was bad. Wow. Brazil. And, and what's funny is, uh, we were having this conversation with Samuel yesterday as well, and he said it's only now that people are opening up, coming out of the closet. Mm. So something has definitely changed. Um, there's also uh, Sam Porto, he's 25 years old, this trans transgender model from Brasilia. Um, he modeled at Sao Paulo Fashion Week, uh, but that with painted lips and nails and, you know, along women. Mm. Uh, but that was one that was one thing as well. So what's happening is obviously when you think about this uh, LGBT resistance, it's definitely there is a transformation and something is happening and it's opening up. Um, the other conversation that i want to touch on and you guys can also sort of get a chance to for those who are tuned in just get a chance to also check out the stuff find it on google and see what's really going on on the ground on, the, on, that, on that tip uh another thing i just wanted us to touch on lightly was the brazil fashion industry's um diversity problem that is a problem and i know we don't like to talk about problems but this is a big problem here um you think about what had happened or what happens um in this country built on racism uh, is really unfortunate. Afro-Brazilian actress and activist Thais Araujo uh, speaks about this a bit on, a bit on Vogue uh, Brazil's November 20, uh, 2018 cover. Um, and obviously, uh, she says this is so, um, the suffering, it's so naturalized that it's almost difficult for people who do not identify with the girls standing by the chair to actually feel what the black population feels and everything becomes natural. Like I said, uh, while there's so much highs around these conversations on fashion here, there was also for me some of this, this is shock, these are shock, these are shock spots where I'm just like, okay, someone please get me some Lizzo Goomba wine. Uh, the digital world has also been able to maybe open up and make uh, voices sort of heard more around these conversations. According to a Brazilian Institute of Geography and Statistics study released in 2016, 54% of Brazilians identify as black or multiracial. And yet black people have uh, sort of all been erased from the mainstream fashion industry in front of the camera or on the catwalk or behind the scenes. Historically, model diversity at Sao Paulo Fashion Week has also been so low that uh, a few years ago, um, following intense pressure from anti-racism activists and state prosecutors, the organizing body actually mandated that 10% of models in each show must be black. Can you guys imagine that was for 10%? I'm not saying, I'm thinking there'll be like 60%. That's something to be edgy. 10%, Mali. Guys. Wow. And that was a hooray. So you know, uh, the hooray come so quickly, eh? After just a little give. Yeah, but the ten percent is not a hooray. Come on, what is what is ten percent? But I'm saying but that I, the hoorays will come though, even at ten percent, because that's how they, they tease you with these little things, you know. And then when you've got nothing, a little thing like that elicits some hoorays, which is really a shame. But that's where we are. <laughs> It's it's really really sad because um, I, I also uh, find found out basically that um, African um, models from living in Brazil actually have to make it abroad or elsewhere 
before they can actually be recognized in Brazil. And they have to use other platforms online and so forth because the conventional ways are not really as applicable or as appropriate for them because it's still very hard for them to be accepted, which is the same thing for transgenders as well, is that they still have a difficulty into penetrating into the, the, the fashion industry because it's just still so difficult. So I wouldn't have thought that in 2019, in a country like Brazil, that this was still happening, but that's the sad reality. Yeah, uh, this uh, publishing uh, with what's, what's, the, what's his name? Corbetta. He said many brands told him in all an all black issue would never resonate with their audience. So he sort of connects the issue to the fact that in Brazil, discussing race and racism is still widely taboo. I can't even believe it. And he continues to say that, you know, they never talk about apartheid. You know, they didn't have a Martin Luther King. They didn't have a Rosa Parks. You know, they didn't even mm-hmm. have an actual militant anti-racism uh, sort of movement. So they've never really talked about prejudice, even though anti-racism movements, these things exist, they, but they just don't talk about it. So I also think that that's, I feel like people, that's suppression. I can't believe in 2020, this is 2020 we are now talking about today, that, that people are, this is very, very sad. Anyway, guys. We don't want to be sad. We want to be happy and we want to flip all the coins so that everyone's happy, okay? <laughs> That's our dreamland. So why don't we roll over to my favorite segment? One of my favorite segments. Uh, Stay, will you roll us over to the wine style guide? <laughs> it's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by Liz Ogunga Wines. Guys, wine style guide. Here we go. We are gonna start with you, Mbali. What's your wine style guide today? I'm ready this week. I'm ready this week. Basically, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, my wine guide is don't swirl the glass like it's a hurricane. So, have you ever seen people? <laughs> people that are drinking wine and then all of a sudden they start swirling the glass and then it spills all over the place i mean i know that you're supposed to stir it a bit and then you can inhale it or smell it but i've just seen some crazy hurricanes at some events (laughs) so don't do that that's my guide (laughs) oh my word this is too much (laughs) thank you buddy edgy what's your white style guide today (laughs) <laughs> oh my god um, I, you know I'm, like i said i'm still learning this, yeah, la, this week i tasted wine so i was kind of learning to taste well like the difference between wines so that's what i did this 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 week uh it was thanksgiving so i had the opportunity to actually dare myself to taste some wine and um i don't know if i have enough education now to give anybody any any insight as to to what i tasted i'm still trying to tell the difference between (laughs) (laughs) between between this this taste you know so Mm -hmm. next week i'll be i'm still working on it of course But I so what's I your wine style? So what, in a nutshell, what's your wine style guide again for today? My wine style guide is to I'm learning to identify wine flavors. <laughs> okay. Know, whether it's fruity or you know the, those kinds okay. of things. Yes. Okay. So I like that. that. 
I like that, Edgy. I'm very proud of you. Edgy's coming along very well. We're gonna clap for you at the end of the show. You are doing so well. You make me proud. Now, <laughs> now today my wine style guide is. I am so vexed. If I go to one more restaurant and they pull out my red wine from the frigo, I will cause a. I will cause chaos. I don't understand what it is with a lot of cities that have been to by the beach where they think because it's hot, it's okay. Just throw all the wines in the fridge. Like seriously. And when I ask for room temperature, they're looking at me like I'm crazy because they don't have all the wine is in the fridge. In fact, they look at me like I'm crazy. So I struggle with that. So the other day I went to a restaurant right here by the sea, right here in Bahia. And uh, the guys came and I was like, they've seen me here for the third time because I go to that restaurant. I've been going to that restaurant a lot. And they know my story. They know which wine I like. They know it's red wine. I try to school them. They don't speak English. So it doesn't matter whether I'm talking to them or not. I get it there and they actually pull out the wine and bring it. And I just said, bring a freaking hot water bucket. I had a hot <laughs> water bucket in a freaking 40 degree temperature <laughs> by the beach. And I had them bring to my table and I put the whole thing in for like two, three minutes. Cause I'm like, I'm tired now. I can't talk. And everyone looked at me like I was crazy, but I was very proud. Cause I was like, listen, you're not going to cheat me off of my wine. I'm buying a bottle of wine. It's not Liz wine but even if i'm going to enjoy it at least let me enjoy it in the right temperature please this is not ice it's not strawberry juice grape juice <laughs> in the in the hot weather anyway guys that's my wine style guide please remove that wine from the fridge sepa is not and if it's a panua and you want to chill it just a bit maybe but i'm just saying guys come on for our big bold reds keep them out of the frigo let me decide how i want to deal with it that's my two cents today for wine uh on our wine style guide uh, for those of you who are tuned in, also feel free to share with us your wine style guide so we can hear some of these funny stories, including the hurricanes and whatever else goes on be behind closed doors <laughs> in the wine movement or wine circuit. All right, guys, uh, we are going to go into our fashion lab top three. And I think that the best thing is for each of us to uh, share a top three. So we're going to start with you, Edgy, on our fashion lab top three today, uh, based on this conversation around Brazil fashion in brazil and stuff what would be your what would be your top you'll do one bali will do one i'll do one let's go for it <laughs> i think for me i just want to kind of talk about this um like the any fears that there may be in terms of the, the ecosystem how we how 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 control it's happening in brazil you know how you know, because it's important now for us when we supply our products to a store that we are able to answer the question that this product is ethically produced, you know? And mm. I know that in Brazil, that is that is that is a reality. Like, these companies do care and there's enough protocols there in place. So I just want people to, to know that, to be, to feel at ease, to, 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 to do whatever they need to do in Brazil because I think the protocols are good. Mm. So in a nutshell, for people who know that, you know, with fashion lab top three people just need to remember one thing. What's the one word or two or three words? The one word, right? Mm -hmm. Or two or three edgy or even four, depending um, on how you're feeling. <laughs> Brazil has great leather. So if you want to do leather work and stuff, Brazil is a good choice for you. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Bali, what's your... What's your second point or top fashion lab top three? My, top, what's your top two? Okay, my top three is uh, Brazil Eco Fashion Week. 
I really like the idea. I like the concept. And I wish that uh, Africa could also rise up to the occasion and um, do something similar or integrate the, eco- uh, the ecosystem and the environment in some way with fashion, considering that um, the fashion industry is doing so much to the environment already and in terms of pollution. So for me, my highlight or my top three would be the Brazil Eco Fashion Week. Uh, thank you very much, Mbali. I think for me, my whole um, thing today is um, I believe in empower- empowering our economies and I believe that we need to elevate them. So my top three is going to be two-way. First thing is overpopulation is not a bad thing it it actually is an opportunity to industrialize so instead of looking at uh, overpopulation as a problem why not look and say who's coming in and where are their skills and let's put them in the right place so they can help us develop i think that's the first thing the second part of this is what really broke my heart was i went to a city called uh, sao francisco and uh, a few days ago in the weekend and this place, what shocks me is today, 80% of costumes, which are obviously shown at the Brazil's iconic carnival festival, I'm sure everybody should know about the Brazilian carnival, which is a big deal in the world. Um, 80% of these costumes are actually imported from China these days. And it's really unfortunate because from a more traditional um, angle, um, this uh when i say when i'm the reason i'm speaking about south francisco is um and this again samuel was telling me about was that that was the area that was well known that is like the area where people are so skilled to create these costumes like literally we're doing this this is something they've been doing for years and years um there's also another neighborhood as well uh in sao paulo called claudia sakuraba which is also um um no there's a person I think she's a she's a designer, but she's a strictly carnival designer, Claudia Sakuraba. She also was one of the names when you think about the carnival that were really a big name here. But what's happening is I, 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 there's a big conversation here. I cannot have it alone. I don't think we can have it with you, Edge, with Bali. I think we need um, a lot of other stakeholders to be able to figure out how this is going to change. But it has to change because I feel like there's something so culturally refreshing that has been exploited and now you have china sending in the costumes and now you're wondering about the overpopulation and you're wondering about the people who are living at such a low i mean look at the favelas here so i feel like there's gotta be something that can change and i think the leaders are the people who are going to change how this happens and give people back what it is that is so conservative and so special to them i don't know if you guys we didn't talk about it much on the show because we ran out of time but um for those of you who are tuned in google a bit about the carnival um designers and the skill of making those or creating those costumes and what's happened to it because it's gone if 80 percent is coming from china you tell me who's doing it and it's probably coming a fraction of the price and a cheaper quality and people will buy it because again consumers are just consuming i don't know but anyway in a nutshell guys uh, this is the fashion lab where we hold it down and we're just unpacking uh, what we can unpack around fashion in Brazil. And I think we need to roll over to that last segment because it's that time. And I think we are all feeling like, geez, it's been a long conversation. Uh, so stay, why don't you roll us over to uh, my favorite segment? Liz, I was going to Ooh, say something briefly. Would you want to dress? <laughs> Uh, 
Okay, Edgy, say something before we go into who. No, let's go no. into who would you want to dress first and okay. then let, tell us. All right, so you tell us who you want to dress today. Today I'm dressing myself, unfortunately. Woo! Oh, wow. <laughs> because you know why? Our denim arrived yesterday, Liz. So I'm decked in City John denim up and down. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Okay, well. We'll let you slide. Congratulations on that. Bali, who would you want to dress and why today? <laughs> because we're in Brazil today, I would like to dress Sam Porto, the 25-year-old transgender model who made history, basically. That's who I'd like to dress this week. Mm. All right. Today, I'm going to put an edgy. I think today I'm going to dress me in whatever it is that the Brazilians are wearing for the rest of my family. Just for the sake of like, instead of trying to dress them, rather dress me so I can experience what they already are living in. Um, I, I think that for me, one of the things I'm hypnotized. I mean, these people look good. Oh my word. I haven't seen people looking so good in so long. I mean, just not, not badly, but like, just, it's, it's almost taboo. It's almost just like negoso. You don't even want to look anymore, but it's good. People are taking care of themselves. They're on the beach. The boys look like they walked out of a Vogue shoot, and so do the girls. So what can we say? And there are so many. I'm like, gosh, I'm confused. But anyway, that's my two cents. AJ, what would you want to say as your parting shot and just add on to what you were you were trying to say something? As I was just trying to say something that maybe we need to be able to talk about this. I feel like just listening to what you said about everything being done in China that was so mm. artisan. Just imagine, it's like economic robbery in a sense, you yes. know? Yeah. You're taking away economic skills robbery. and, you know, skills that would have educated a lot of people down the road are disappearing. And that and that would have supported them financially and their families because I like... Know. It's just this kind of economic colonialism that China... Does. I mean, look look in Africa, like the wax, the batiks, all of those are done in, in, in China now and then they come to Africa and done already. It's imagine. So, it's just uh, just skills are dying everywhere you know edgy thank you for so much for that i think uh if everybody say yes to the dress let's do this for next week's topic and just open up on just this i'll call it economic robbery i don't know you come up with the word but i like it i like that one economic fashion economic i like that one yeah we all like it okay i like that any parting shots anything else to pop any parting shots um i'm just happy you're in brazil and just Bring us the sunshine. <laughs> Thank you, I will. <laughs> Anything, any parting shots from you, Bali? I'm just glad we tried something new today and it worked out. It was an amazing show. Thank you so much to Samuel and thank you so much to you, Liz. Thank you. Thank you to our guest, uh, Samuel, for plugging into the show. Uh, yes, thank you uh, to you, Edgy, as well, and to you, Mbali, and uh, to Stay, who always um, makes us look good. Um, I think for me, uh, I'm, I'm definitely here for wine, and I'm going to share, uh, for those of you who are interested in my wine stories, it's not fashion, but it's still fashionably so. Um, you can visit uh, Africa and see what I'm doing here. I'm just sort of trying to expand my, um, ex- expand my brands in you know that's what life is about right we are proud of you liz thank you we try and you know when i open up and i start mine and mine settles in then you know we are all coming right 
Yes. They better get get ready for overpopulation. <laughs> I'm like they're complaining now, honey. You wait until we open. No, well, the guys, Africans come, all of them. <laughs> this is Fashion Love Africa and the jokes, guys. Thank you for tuning in once again. Visit us on fashionlabafrica.com and email us at info@fashionlabafrica.com for any further inquiries. Until next week, um, just toodles, toodles. Fashion Lab Africa, real conversations, real fashion.